0: This is The Ethicist, a podcast from the New York Times Magazine. I'm Amy Bloom, novelist and writer-in-residence at Wesleyan University, and along with my co-hosts, we're going to debate and then answer some of the tricky ethical questions Times Magazine readers send in every week. And let me introduce my co-hosts, Anthony Appia, teaching philosophy at New York University. Welcome, Anthony. Hi, Amy. And Kenji Yoshino, teaching law at New York University. Hello, Kenji. Hi, Amy. Coming up, we will take a look at questions about wanting to do right way too late, leaving good people on good terms, and the terrible consequences of generosity. Let's take a look at our first question.
1: My first job out of college was as an organizer on a major big deal political campaign. Late in the year, an intern approached me and said that she had been raped by one of my colleagues and that campaign higher-ups had made the problem go away. I'm not sure what that means exactly. But suffice it to say that police weren't involved, nothing made the news, everybody kept their jobs, and for the most part, this young woman kept her mouth shut. To my knowledge, she's told me and one other colleague. I offered her my support if she decided to say something, but she never did, and I've kept the secret to myself for the last seven years. That is, until the other night. I let it slip to a journalist friend of mine, the very basics of what happened— And now they're asking me for contacts who can confirm that it happened. The candidate I worked for is running again, and I still support them. And I do not want their opponent in office. On the other hand, I am aghast that their organization would cover up such a heinous crime. I'm ashamed of myself for not saying anything at the time. Thinking about it makes me feel physically ill. Do I have any obligation to disclose information to this journalist friend who would make the story public? Would I be doing right for the country? Would I be doing right by the victim? I signed an NDA when I went to work for this campaign. Would leaking information about this to the press put me in any potential legal trouble? Signed.
2: Name withheld. So my first reaction as a lawyer is to say, consult a lawyer uh, if you want. (laughs) But I think that you're right, that non-disclosure agreements do not extend to the disclosure of criminal activity. So that, to me, feels like a side issue. Uh, The major issue here seems to me to be that the time to intervene would have been seven years ago when this occurred. Uh, Even then, though, it would not be your story to tell, ultimately, but rather the intern's story uh, to tell. So I'm wondering why uh, it's now that uh, you are aghast and sleepless, but... I don't think that um, you either need to do anything now or should do anything now other than to approach uh, the uh, intern herself to ask whether or not she would like to have the story go public. With regard to having let the cat out of the bag with the journalist friend, I'm hoping that you can prevail on the friend part to prevail over the journalist part of this individual to not make the story public, because, again, it's not your story to tell. It's her story to tell.
3: Um, when people feel these, uh, can't sleep and feel sick, that's one of the ways in which we know that we're in moral trouble. We, Our emotions are a guide to our judgments in the sphere of morality. And... It is clear that something went badly wrong here. But what went badly wrong, as Kenji said, happened a long time ago. It happened seven years ago. Um, Revealing something to a journalist's friend in a perhaps drunken moment seven years later isn't the thing that went wrong. And now that that's happened, as Kenji said, you are responsible for doing what you were responsible for doing at the start, which is talking to the woman in question and asking her what she thinks ought to be done about it. People have a right not to be have these sorts of episodes in their lives thrown into the glare of a political campaign. And if she's decided not to, you may or may not agree with her, but I don't think you have the right to overrule her judgment.
0: I agree. I also think that, although I appreciate the letter writer feeling, I'm ashamed of myself for not saying anything at the time, I think he ought to be ashamed of himself for saying something now to a journalist friend without the permission of the person who told him the story in the first place. She didn't say, I'm going to tell you this, and I hope whenever it suits you in the course of a conversation, you share this with with another journalist. Um, And I realized that she didn't forbid him to do that, or at least we don't know that she did. But that is the thing that's wrong now, is that he shouldn't have brought it up.
3: I think it's a really important general fact about these sorts of situations that when you tell a journalist something, you're no longer in control of the story. Uh, yeah. It would be wrong for the journalist not to pursue this. This is, a, this is clearly uh, something that may turn out to be of a genuine public interest and significance.
0: And I think it is important to let her know that that happened at the same time that, as Kenji said, you know, one might do one's best to say to the journalist, I hope you could let this one go. But understanding that the journalist may very well feel like, I have my own code here and there's nothing wrong with me pursuing this. So it would be vital, it seems to me, to give the intern a heads up and, again, keep this in mind for the future about um, one's casual slips in conversation.
2: And I think the only question we haven't answered is, would I be doing right for the country? And for me, a lot of that depends on whether the candidate either knew or should have known of the alleged rape and and then did nothing about it, right? So either it could be that the candidate knew and did do something about it and you're just unaware of what was done, or like an investigation which, you know, turned out one way or the other. uh, Or alternatively, the candidate may not have known, uh, may have had no reason to have known, and it might be their handlers. Uh, So maybe he picked the wrong handlers for his campaign, I don't really see that that's a blot on his uh, record uh, that would require you to, to go forward. And ultimately, I also think that that's still, again, her judgment, meaning the intern's judgment, to make.
3: And I think that uh, what Kenji says makes it clearer and clearer to me that you – I mean, one reason you're not in, you're not, you don't have the right to, to settle this question is that you haven't consulted with a woman. But another is you have no idea what happened. <laughs> You have absolutely no idea. You can't make the judgment about whether it reflects on the candidate uh, because you don't know whether the candidate carried out a full investigation. You don't know, for example, whether this this woman um, is is actually telling the truth. This is an allegation you've heard in a conversation with a person. Uh, And so um, I think you're you're sort of – it's it's, uh, two really important things here. One is you need to be – uh, attentive to wh- whose story this is, and the other is you need to be attentive to the fact that you probably don't know enough uh, to to answer the question about what, what's good for the country.
0: I, I agree with that. Um, you don't know all the facts. You don't even know all the details. And you know the the ethical thing would to would have been to have never brought it up. And now having brought it up, I think you can. Hope that it doesn't get pursued and let the young woman know that you made this terrible breach.
2: But you are trying to do the right thing now, so let's not pile on. (laughs) Please go do that. (laughs) Please go do the right thing.
0: All right. Let's dive into the next letter.
4: I am a graduate student at a large research university. I am coming to the end of my first year of a joint master's PhD program, and I will have my master's in hand next May. While I really enjoy the research, over the past few months, I've been considering doing something else, leaving after I get my master's and attending law school instead. I think I could do a lot more as a lawyer, whether in a nonprofit or government role. I've already begun reaching out to different law programs and have had some good conversations with recruiters. However, I realized that it might be difficult to leave this program on good terms with my graduate advisor. Also, in my current program, only PhD-track students are funded, so I am concerned that I will lose the remainder of my funding as soon as I make it clear that I am leaving. I admit that some of this is self-serving. I imagine that a law school would prefer to have a recommendation from someone who can vouch for my graduate work. I really do like working with my graduate advisor, and I feel guilty planning to leave when I know he has the expectation that I will successfully finish the program. What is the best way to leave on good terms? Should I tell him when I begin applying in the fall and ask for his blessing and a letter of recommendation or wait until I am accepted?
3: I think there are two completely separate sets of questions here. Uh, One has to do with your relationship with your advisor and the other has to do with the money which you're worried about. So let me just start with the first one. Uh, It may be that telling your advisor the truth will make it harder for you to uh, carry out your relationship with your advisor throughout uh, your last year in the graduate program. But that's what you have to do. Your relationship with your teacher requires the kind of mutual trust and respect that uh, people have when they work together in these very committed and serious ways. And continuing to work with someone in the knowledge that you're hiding from them A fact that you know they would think is relevant to your relationship is a betrayal of trust. So I don't think uh, you have – so on the first question, on the question um, that I take to be the primary question, which has to do with your relationship, what the ethical meaning of your relationship is with your advisor, I say you simply can't keep things from your advisor that your advisor would expect you to tell him uh, and uh, and, and not be uh, betraying him.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Here, I mean, Amy always says, you know, the ethical thing to do is is always the the hard thing to do. But here, (laughs) happily, I think that uh, they go together. You know, telling him of your decision is not only the right thing to do, but it's the most advantageous thing to do. And as someone who teaches at a law school, I can say, yes, you're right. It is uh, very relevant to have uh, the person who can uh, vouch for your most recent work uh, speak for you. So... When you say after you get into law school is uh, when you might want to uh, um, tell him, as a law schooler, this kind of generic thing, um, I'm a little puzzled because which law school you get into may well depend on that letter. What do you think, Amy? Is this a place for ethics and, and self-advantage come together? Well,
0: i i think I think that you're right. And it seems to me that part of what the letter writer wants to avoid is that painful moment where you say to somebody, I had thought that I wanted to do X, which was also um, a flattering reflection on you, and now I want to do something else, and I am afraid that you will be angry with me, by which I mean really I am afraid that you will be disappointed in me, and I will have to feel bad. So I think that it is both the smart and the good thing to do, and the price of doing it will be maybe an awkward conversation or even an awkward period. But that doesn't allow you not to be honest. And also, you're not entitled to the money. Yes, um, It's for <laughs> doctoral-bound graduate students, so that's why that's not an issue.
3: Yeah, we don't need to discuss that. once Since we've decided that what you ought to do, uh, I'm afraid the money question has to fall where it falls. Uh, and I, I might not say that if I thought the fact that you might lose the funding was some massive injustice. I might say... Uh, sometimes it's okay to conceal something from someone if they're going to do something massively unjust on the basis of the truth that you're telling them. But this is not a case of that sort. It's a perfectly <laughs> reasonable uh, rule that when you give people funding, it's relevant to what they're going to do. Uh, and if, if you change what you're going to do, then the funding isn't yours anymore.
2: And the flip side yeah. of that is that you're not doing anything wrong. I mean, people's plans do change. So, I mean, this is your life we're talking about, Um I have to say that in my experience, I mean, I I hope I'm not naive in saying this, uh, is that people do, um, there are many systems that are broken, but, you know, this is not, the recommendation process in my experience has not been one of those that we routinely get letters that say, you know, this person was my graduate student. I'm just really sad that they're not going to continue on. Uh, But, um, you know, they are they should be charting their own course through their own life. And so I'm happy to recommend them for for law school. And so we're losing a great, um, you know, PhD candidate in this field. But, you know, I bequeath this person unto you. Okay.
0: On to our last question.
5: I gave my sister and brother-in-law land valued at $160,000 when he was transferred to our part of the country so they could build a house. We did not discuss terms, but I sold the idea to my husband by describing an idyllic situation where my sister would help with our kids and elderly relatives because she'd be right next door. We'd be neighbors till our golden years, and then maybe retire someplace warm. They built a house on the land. Fast forward eight years, my dad is sick in another part of the country, and my sister has been there for the last six months. My brother-in-law's going for jobs as far away from here as possible. They have frequently given me hints that they want to move. I asked my sister outright if they were going to sell the house and move. She said, probably. We pay for a house neither of us is living in. I feel angry and hurt that they are going to sell and make a profit because the land is free. I feel like my generosity has been taken advantage of. I know it's my own fault for not setting specific terms when I gave them the land, but I didn't think I had to. It's my sister. Is it okay to ask for some financial compensation for the land when they sell? Signed, name withheld.
0: (laughs) Oh... You know, shoulda, woulda, coulda. It's never worse (laughs) than when there's money involved, and the only time it's worse is when it's money and family. I think one of the things that we have said repeatedly in answer to a lot of questions is a gift is a gift. (laughs) Of course it would have been smart to set specific terms when you gave them the land, but you didn't because it was your sister. And of course you feel angry and hurt because... You had a vision, and for a little while they seemed to share in that vision, and then things changed, and they don't share that vision anymore. Um, if when you said, here's the gift of the land, never leave, and she said, we never will, I think you are entitled to ask for some share of the profit, but if never, if you never had any terms or any conditions, I don't think you are entitled I wouldn't blame you for asking because I understand that that's part of the way you want to tell her how angry and disappointed you are. What do you think, guys?
3: I, I think uh, – so the, the, the one – I agree with you. Uh, um, she has no right to any compensation here. Uh, a gift is a gift, and it's a gift even if you give it to your sister, <laughs> perhaps especially if you give it to your sister. So uh, – and and as you also said, I think it's really important that – and this is advice – that we can give to the world and not just to this woman who isn't giving her name because right, she doesn't <laughs> want to know. <pick> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the problem began begins here with something that uh, it, it would have been useful for us to tell you a while back and which we can tell to the world so that they don't make the same mistake, which is that If you are going to uh, give people large sums of money within a family, you'd better be clear at the time what you're doing because this is exactly the sort of thing that's uh, going to lay in wait as a problem for the family down the road if you don't. So if you had said, look, um, we're giving you this land on the assumption that we're going to be living together in this happy family commune, but if uh, when the time comes you decide you want to go away... Uh, we'd like a, 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 some share of the uh, inflation-adjusted or market-adjusted value. That would have been fine, and then you would you would be owed that. Um, I wouldn't advise doing that in a conversation. If that's what you're going to do, do it. Write a document and make it make sure that everybody's got the same understanding. Not because not just because it's going to be legally easier, but because it's morally, it, it's it's relationally easier if everybody's clear about what the requirements are. On the other hand, I do want to say that I have some sympathy with you, with your view about the fact that your sister ought to recognize if you do ask her for something that there's a, there's a case for it. Uh, uh, I would think that it would be the fraternal sororal thing to do to say, yeah, look, you did give it to us. We are going to make a, a profit both on the house and the land and uh, the land part was yours and you just gave it to us. So we're going to offer you some something. Uh, I would have thought that uh, that was a, um, you know, if I had made the mistake of doing something like this with one of my sisters, I would hope that at the time uh, that this situation turned out this way. I, I would sort of hope and expect that that's what they would say and do, um, you know, all other things being equal. So I think you, you're resenting her is sort of understandable if she hasn't suggested that's what's going to happen. Um, and so you're fuming. Uh, I would think that, given that you're fuming, it's probably a good idea to uh, bring it up. And though I, I hope not in a mood of great anger and resentment, but in a mood of saying, "Look, this is what seems reasonable to me." I don't see that there's much point in seething in stealth. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, th- I think you should you should you should bring it up. This is back to the general point that, in general, in these situations, a good, straight conversation is in order, is helpful, and it's reflective of Um, a vision of the relationship as a relationship between uh, people who have uh, love and respect for one another.
0: And seething in stealth is (laughs) so unsatisfying and also usually unsuccessful because in the end, one sort of lifts up the stealth and lets the seething out.
2: It's funny how often this kind of scenario comes up. And we've repeatedly said in earlier discussions that loans to friends and family are, are often better done as gifts, uh, just because you're never really at arm's length with these individuals. So I actually applaud you for framing it as a gift, but simply framing it as a gift isn't enough. It has to be one as well. So it's really clear to me that your husband understood that the gift had conditions attached to it, but it's not at all obvious to me that your sister did.
3: And whether or not she's clear about that, that's your responsibility for not having uh, had the conversation at the time. And
0: And the relationship will be altered no, no matter what happens. Whether you ask for the financial compensation or you don't ask for the financial compensation, something will probably be altered within you and it will probably ripple into the water that includes you and your sister. But there's this great line from William James. He said, the art of being wise is knowing what to overlook. (laughs) Huh. <laughs> and you may decide at some point um, not to ask for the money.
2: Yeah, um, I really love that because that's my strong instinct. You know, of of the right thing to do here is is to have the conversation, but to to say I made a mistake and and to not ask for uh, the money. That, that to share the feeling, but not to to ask for any kind of compensation.
0: And that's it for The Ethicist. If you'd like to send us your ethical quandary or comment on the show, you can reach us at ethicist at nytimes.com. If you'd like to leave a voicemail question for us to answer on the show, the number is 212-556-7070. If you like the show, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us in iTunes. Our producer is Carrie Hillman, and the music is by the band Broke for Free. For Anthony Appia and Kenji Yoshino, I'm Amy Bloom. We'll talk to you next week on The Ethesis.